grace and your mercy and your power and your anointing, Father God, this morning. I thank you, God, that you are our healer. You're our deliverer. You're our salvation this morning, Lord. You are everything to us this morning, Father. And I thank you no matter what the enemy says, what the world says, what anybody says, you are our king. And you are with us through every battle, through every situation, no matter where it's, it's headed, no matter where it's at. You're right there in the midst of it. And you're protecting us. Father, I thank you this morning. I, I thank you, Lord, for those that aren't here for whatever reasons, Lord. I, 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 hallelujah. I, I really felt, I was standing there and, and as we were singing these songs, the Lord spoke to me about how much he really does love us and how we must grab a hold of that and capture that in our hearts and in our minds and I just felt I feel a, a really anointing this morning if, if you need healing this morning I want to pray for you now I want you to come up if you want to pray for somebody in your family there may be somebody in your family you know I, I hear a lot of things or there may be a friend or, or whatever there, there, I hear a lot of things people say do you really trust God do you really believe he's your healer do you really believe he's in the fire with you do you really believe he loves you and he wants you to deliver you know I, and, I, and, and, and I hear people take and they y'all just hang with me I hear people say all kinds of things yeah but I believe God but I believe God but well you need to butt out and get the butt out amen you need to believe what God says and his God is true you know we thank you guys for coming yesterday and helping and then we went had a men's fellowship and went bowling and I bowled too better than John but I am um, at first I'm like I don't know if I want to do this you know but you know what God is good amen I'm here today walking around and I had to repent for making a bad confession I told him you might have to get the recliner out for me to say but I, I rebuked that thought because God is the one that continually holds me, continually sustains me, continually makes me whole. And no matter what happens, we win, guys. Amen? We win. I mean, what better than to go see Jesus? So I want everybody to stretch your hands out. We're going to pray for everybody up here. And, 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 and I, I, I'm just going to pray. Some of you I know are for yourself. Some of you may be for somebody else, but I'm just going to pray. Amen. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for my sister. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for touching and healing her body, Father God, and whoever else you might be standing in for, in the name of Jesus, Father God. Lord, that we will receive what you have in store for us. We believe you, Lord Jesus. Your word says, I am your healer. I am the God that healeth thee. And we stand on that this morning, Father. 
We thank you for your anointing and your power, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I lift my sister up to you. I thank you, God, that the good reports and the great power of God touching her life, healing her from head to toe, every part made whole. Her spirit, her mind, her body, every part made whole, every part in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We stand in agreement, Father God. Lord, I lift my brother up to you, and I thank you that you are touching and healing his body from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Lord, in the, in the times that he's cried out in the night, and he said, Lord, this hurts. I want Father, just begin to remove that pain, Father, in Jesus' name. Begin to remove that pain, touch that body, heal him, Father God. Set forth in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I lift up my sister to you, and I lift up her and whoever and everybody else that she's standing in for today. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they would receive your word today. They would look to you, Father, as their healer. They would look to you, Father God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and we stand in agreement in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, I lift my brother up to you, and I lift Ruby up to you, and I thank you, Lord, that you are touching their lives. And Father God, that, that they have proven themselves faithful to you and father god you love them and you're faithful to us thank you for your healing power lord flowing through their body in jesus name thank you lord thank you lord jesus father i thank you lord for amanda and i thank you for her and her family lord i thank you for every person that that is involved in her life and i thank you for healing her for healing her family and for healing anybody else lord jesus her extended family. There's friends that she knows that needs you, Father God. I pray that you would touch them, Father. Thank you for your healing power. Father, we stand in amazement of you this morning. And we thank you for the good report in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Everybody to know that God is still in the healing business. He hasn't stopped. I want you to know that we've been praying for my brother who had lung cancer, had lung cancer, and God has completely healed him. There's no sign that it's ever even been there. Hallelujah. He is healed. He is whole. He's gained his weight back. He's coming home to see us next month. We haven't been able to go see him. He didn't want to be seen. And God is taking care of some business in his life right now. And I just want to praise his name. I just want to tell everybody, God has not stopped. He has never changed. He's the same Amen. yesterday, today, and forever. And he still answers prayer. He still heals. He still saves. He still does all the things he's ever done. Hallelujah. So don't give up hope. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is awesome. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for that praise report. We thank you, Lord, that we're going to hear more praise reports. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. I um, do want to say this, that God's word is true. We talked about the word of God is nigh thee even in your mouth. 
near you. And this week, I, I'm going to, um, I forgot to pull it up, but I want to read something to you that um, I, I'm, if any of you use the Bible app or version, they have plans. Some of them are five-day, two-week, whatever, and you can read them. And I was reading one, and it was about, it was four pastors. And I just want to, this is how this got started in my heart. I read this one morning, so I, I, I copied it and I put it, and it says, contentment. Now, I want to talk about contentment this morning, and I'm not talking about complacency. I'm talking about contentment, being content in him and in who he is in our lives. Um, not just content, well, I just want to do what I want to do. But listen to this. It says, and, and I'll read, um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and read it. I got it at the end. I'll probably read it again possibly. But I wanted to read it right now. It says, praising God cultivates contentment. It's so easy in our current culture to moan and groan over what we lack. We compare our situation to our friends and feel as though they have, have life way better than we do. In our discontentment, we begin to grumble and complain. David wrote that because the Lord was his shepherd, he lacked nothing in Psalms 23.1. And in another Psalms 16.5, he wrote, the Lord alone was his portion and his cup. So what brought David to this deep abiding contentment? He says in here, I believe it was his continual ongoing choice to praise God. He, he chose to praise God no matter what was going on. Hallelujah. I'm going to save the rest of it for the end. But I want to just give you that, that that's what was planted in my heart and, and, and I just kept, couldn't get off of it. So contentment. You know, that's something that's rare in the United States, probably all over the world. Because everybody, how many people you saw that said, well, I'm content, but everybody wants more, right? It's all about getting that better job or making more money and getting more, 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 right? Not many people content where they are. Not people are saying, you know, I, and occasionally people experience contentment. Oh, well, man, I just, wow. I just had a great meal. I'm content. Yesterday at the bowling alley, if you've ever been to that, what's the name of it, Fox's, they have some really good wings, chicken wings if you like them. If you don't, you probably won't like them. But they have a lot of other stuff. But anyway, so, you know, or maybe it's just, being with your spouse or being with someone you love. Sometimes you feel those contentment. But unfortunately, it's not an everyday experience for most of us. Because we gotta have that more. Or I'm not I'm not content or I'm not happy because I don't have this. Or I didn't get this today, or whatever it might be. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 
Listen to what Paul said. He said, not that I was ever in need. And he's talking about he was thanking them for their donation to him, basically. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. How many of us can say that? I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, his contentment is in who? In Jesus Christ. It's not in what he has or what he don't have or, 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 or um, what he's going through or if he has a lot of this or a lot of that. It's not dependent on that. It's dependent on Jesus Christ. And that's where our contentment lies. That's where our, not, and remember, hear me, right, right, hear me this morning, not complacency, but contentment. I'm content in him, no matter what's going on around me. In the Passion translation on, on uh, verses 12 and 13, it says, I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. You know, when we hear those kind of things, we only think about money or whatever, but in, in, our, in our lives, in, in, in what God is putting into us, and he says, for I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. How did Paul do all that? Content in Christ. Philippians 4.11 in the New King James says, Now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. That's not easy, right? I mean, as far as, it's just not that easy to do. But I believe, as he says, I've learned as we go through life and as we, go, as we grow in Christ, and in his word, we keep going. And you know what? It does get easier, right? That's how he said, I can be content. Somebody said, well, I don't know about that. But what I'm saying is that even though it's turmoil outside, I may have turmoil, you know, but I'm content in here. In my spirit, man, I'm content in who Christ is in me, knowing that he will get me through it. Amen? Hallelujah. So this word content, I'm going to give some examples of it, but, you know, basically contentment or being content is to be satisfied with what you have. You know, I think until you're satisfied with what you have, you won't be satisfied with anything else. So you come to a point where, you know what? I'm content right here. I'm okay. And then, and then have you ever wanted something so bad you just got to have it? Right? You get it and you realize it wasn't that great after all. Well, man, I got it, but it's not what I thought it would be. Or maybe you got it and you didn't realize the responsibility that came along with getting it. I got to have that new house. That new, and then you get it and you go, you get the first mortgage payment. And you're like, oh man. Because you're so excited about getting it, you didn't realize what was coming afterwards. 
even though you should have known it. You were given the whatevers. <laughs> I want to give you a couple of quotes from a few people. It says about content, what it means. It says, primarily signifies to be sufficient, to be possessed of sufficient strength, to be strong, to be enough for a thing, or to be satisfied. That's Vine's dictionary, Vine's expository. To be enough for a thing, to be satisfied. Wiersbe says, contentment is actually containment having the spiritual resources within to face life courageously and handle it successfully. So contentment is having the spiritual resources inside of you to be able to handle life's challenges. Like Paul. And I was telling Robert, Arthur Pink, who was an English statesman born in the late 1800s, he lived to the 1950s, lived a long time. But when I pulled this up, it just had Pink. I was like, I better put Arthur Pink. Y'all know who Pink is because I don't know that much, but I, I know it. It says con contentment comes from within, not from without. Those things on the outside won't give you contentment. But Christ on the inside will give you contentment. It must be sought from God. Listen to the way he put this. Not in creature comforts. You know, sometimes we pray, Lord, if, I just had, if, I, if you would just give me this. If I just had this. If I just had that, I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't. Because you'd want the next thing. Because that wouldn't satisfy. Nothing will satisfy we all, not, you know, we tell people when we're, we're talking to them about Christ, we said, well, there's that void inside. And you got to satisfy it. Well, nothing else can satisfy that. Nothing else can satisfy you except being, knowing that you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you and you're full of His resources. You allow Him. You have to allow God to be full in you. Did you know that? Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. There's so much in there about being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when we know he's on our side, he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. No matter what's going on, he's right there with us. He's inside of us. You know what? Some of you are sitting here this morning and... And, and when you woke up this morning, things just weren't that great. You know, sometimes husbands and wives, if they ride together, they have a tough little time on the way in. <laughs> I leave early enough that, you know, Peggy's knocked out. No, I'm kidding. She, but because the enemy loves to get into the situation. So by the time you get here, especially if you live a distance away, some people just walk across the street and they don't have time for all that. It can create turmoil. And by the time you get here, you kind of got to get, get settled down. You got to allow the Lord to settle you down. 
So, and so content, discontentment, our society breeds discontentment. I mean, it does. You know, um, we're basically a discontent people. It makes us critical. It makes us impatient and unsatisfied because everything is geared toward more. Right? Commercials. You got to have this thing. You got to have that thing. You got to have this. You got to have that. Oh, this is better. This is better. This is better. This is better. And it bombards us. Even on social media, you're scrolling through. It's, it's just uncanny to what they can do these days with that. You can be talking about something and you pick up your phone and it pops up on the Guess what? I won't go into hold that little thing, but you know what? Unfortunately, that discontent can shape our view of God. We can view him in a scarcity mode. Like, you know, God don't provide for me that much because I don't have this, 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 this. I, I don't have that. Why don't he give me that? Rather than a God of abundance who he is. Amen? We block all that. And we view him as a God who doesn't care. Versus, and I'm talking about our society as a God who loves us. If God really cared, then this wouldn't be happening. If we walked according to his word, all this wouldn't be happening. Y'all mighty quiet out there this morning. So what is, so what the deal is, discontentment comes from basing your happiness on circumstances and things. And if you do that, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be discontent. Because things don't satisfy you. Circumstances are not always great. Right? Circumstances aren't always great. One of the things he mentions in it, and, and I'm talking about ways of discontentment, is covetousness, being coveting things. We want what somebody else got. We covet their life. And we don't even have a clue what's really going on in their life. We think it's great. Just like with, 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 with celebrities. Man, they got to have a great life. And you find out they, they killed themselves because they were so, they had everything you think. That they, they had things. But they wasn't right on the inside. They weren't happy. All the things they could buy did not make them happy. Luke 12, 15 and he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. You can just buy, buy, buy. You know, you can, um, and people buy things and buy things and buy things, and then they can't get them in their house, so they start filling their garage up, and they can't, Get the cars parked in. You know, when Peggy and I moved to Virginia, I'd never witnessed that. 
And I was like, all these people have garages. Why is a car sitting outside? Well, it didn't take me long to find somebody said, well, look, look in this garage. And I mean, I find out that they had so much stuff, they had to put it in the garage. They couldn't put the car in it. And then you start buying storage buildings or storage. Look how many places have storage spaces. We store stuff. We store stuff. Luke 12, 15 in the Passion says, Speaking to the people, Jesus continued, Be alert and guard your heart from greed and from always wishing for what you don't have. For life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. Really? Especially in, in, the, in this country, that's the way we measure things, right? Boy, he's successful. Look at that house. Look at the cars he has. Look at all that he has. And he may be miserable inside. He or she, whatever. And another part of being discontent is resistance to change. We want to do the same thing, the same way we've been doing it forever. We don't want to change it. And when things change around us, sometimes we have to change. When circumstances change, we might have to change something. So it might be circumstances may have gotten the way they are because of the way we're doing things. It's one of the resistance to change is one of the main causes of discontent and the worry. We want to keep everything just the way it is, right? Just the way it is. And God may be wanting us to do a change. He may be wanting to make a change in us. He may be sending us in a different direction or a different way. Because we won't yield to what he wants to do in our lives. I don't care. I'm going to do it my way. This is a statement. There is no growth without challenge, and there is no challenge without change. No growth without challenge, and there's no challenge without change. So what is contentment? Contentment is a statement of faith. It's a demonstration that God really loves us and he really cares for us. It's a statement of faith. I'm content in him. And contentment also is a necessary part of faith. If we're not content in him, then we're not going to be content. We're not going to be um, at ease and at peace. You know, we can have peace no matter what's happening around us. We can have peace on the inside of us. Contentment is a very important part of our walk of faith. Being content in what Christ has done for us. Being content in who he is. Being content in what he gives us and in his word
And we'll talk about trust later. But trust is another part of faith. And contentment, contentment is a byproduct of trust when we trust in Him. We can't experience abundant life if we're discontented and we're not, we don't know who we are in, in Christ. And, and I found this statement. It says, if we are not content, it is impossible for us to be generous. 